just wanted to kind of get this up and running because I think that what we were talking about earlier was just building essentially a, you know, a community of, of um, a, a city is kind of how I'm envisioning it of just knowledge um, and getting brokers, advisors in and giving them one brick at a time. And so the brick that I, you know, was really kind of dealing with a little bit more last week that I thought might help build a bit more of a foundation for some people is um, just the subject of short-term disability uh, and figuring Mm -hmm. out when it makes sense, why it makes sense for some people and for others, why it makes no damn sense at all. And yet we still get inquiries nonstop for short-term disability from a specific set of agents, I will say, um, without playing my hand too too much there. So what's your experience with short-term? Have you seen anything in the realm of disability that, that kind of attracts you to the short-term philosophy? Hmm. I mean, from a consumer standpoint, it seems like a good thing to have, right? You're in case you're out because most people believe when they hear disability, they think of an injury Mm -hmm. and usually they think they'll be out for a couple months, maybe. Right. And they want, and they want something to cover that when when they can't work for a couple months. But what it's interesting because people, people will be open to the idea of short-term, but then they're not as open to the idea of just saving that money themselves to cover that couple of months. Right. And that's kind of the whole, that's the rub for me. It's like, okay, so you're, Willing to part ways with a hundred, two hundred, sometimes four hundred dollars a month to cover yeah, because it's not a six month benefit term. Yeah, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. It's not cheap because the likelihood is of usage is extremely high. The risk is high from a carrier perspective. You know, you see musculoskeletal and injuries pretty frequently. Do they result in long term disabilities? The musculoskeletal stuff does. The injuries generally don't. It's going to be a six, nine, 12 week sort of, you know, putting somebody out. And for somebody who's scraping by, that's could be valuable. Absolutely. I could see the value in that. But what would be more valuable for people in that situation is to put that $100, $200, $400 a month into an emergency fund and just set up that six month you know, cash uh, realm for themselves so that they can tap into that if there's an injury like that. So that's just, that's the obvious play to me. I think, you know, most financial advisors are fully in agreement with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you don't have to invest that money because you'll need it to be as liquid as possible in case of an emergency. But, you know, when interest rates are higher, put it into a high yielding savings account and it'll be worth more than the money that you're paying to the insurance carrier. Right. And I guess kind of to play devil's advocate that the one obvious pro to me in going with the short-term disability versus building an emergency fund would be you get immediate access to a Mm short-term disability policy. So, you know, even Mm -hmm. if the premium is, is let's say, let's call it a hundred bucks a month. You know, the benefit's going to be 4,000 a month 
in a situation like that. Granted, it's only for six months. So, you know, there's some immediate payoff that comes with that. I guess you could say if, you know, you become disabled tomorrow, um, it's going to take significantly more time to build that. You know, if you're talking about a $4,000 monthly benefit that pays for six months, you know, that's 24 grand. It's going to take a little bit of time to build a emergency fund of 24,000 if you're putting away a hundred bucks a month. So maybe, yeah. I mean, I think the conversation here, if, if you're an advisor and you're trying to help your client be set up for a short-term disability scenario, you really kind of have to sort of lean on the expenses um, and, and make sure that they're putting, putting in enough to build up that portfolio in a, in a somewhat expeditious way. Um, in order for that strategy to really work. Cause obviously if you're putting in a hundred bucks a month, that's going to take, Oh boy, 240 months to get to 24 grand. So that's several years. Um, so, you know, it would have to be more, but you know, if you put in, yeah, what, what is that? That's 20 years. <laughs> that's, that's too long. <laughs> Doing the math in my head. Yeah, that's too long. So that, you know, you don't want somebody to be set up for short. You don't want to take 20 years to set somebody but, up for short term. You know, if you're, again, if you're investing that money, you know, it could take less than that amount of time to right. get up to that. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, in, in many cases, people sometimes might already have a little bit of a stash going anyway. So It's not like you're starting from scratch necessarily, you know, I mean, the statistics are a little bit scary on that. If you look at, you know, how many people would be completely put out if they had an unexpected charge of $600, which sounds like, I don't know, getting your brakes fixed or something like that. Like maybe people are expecting that one, but it seems to always catch me off guard. But the, um, you know, just that sort of, you know, day-to-day struggle, like there's so many people that that need this guidance and selling them a short-term disability policy just doesn't feel like the right move in, in my right. opinion. Um, right. It's a band-aid. It's a band-aid. Exactly. Exactly. It's a rubber band and a paper clip fixing your car. So number one, it's like, if somebody can't, doesn't even have an emergency fund, they're not a disability prospect. You need to help them with that. If you're an advisor, yeah. I mean, take that role seriously, please. But the back end, you know, on the other side of this equation is what else you could be spending those premium dollars on. So say the emergency fund is set up now a hundred bucks a month on the short-term side. Well, that's going to get you, you know, what, what did I, what was the example? $4,000 a month for six months, maybe um, let's just use that. Well, on the disability, on the long-term disability side, it's going to be more like, 4,000 a month to age 65 for a similar risk. So, I mean, it mm-hmm. depends on the occupation class and all these other factors, age, gender, um, state sometimes, but generally speaking, you can get so much more bang for your buck with a long-term disability contract with a longer waiting period, three months, maybe even six months if they want to, if they have the patience to wait it out in a situation like that. But generally speaking, three months is going to be kind of the, the, the North star for most disability policies. Um, so that that's really the way to go. If you're going to spend a hundred bucks on a disability product, you want to cover the long-term tail because the, mm-hmm. you know, what happens after that six months of the short term, after it pays everything out, I don't know, your guess is as good as mine. Like they're, they're going <laughs> to be destitute. It, it's, it's not, it's not a pretty picture and you never want to be in that position as an advisor where you've left a client essentially destitute because they didn't have the adequate savings and adequate protection. Um, so 
what makes the most sense for the most people, we'll just say it like that, would be long-term disability with an emergency fund on the on the front end. Um, right. Yeah. Well, would um, so you know, just going back to that question, that uh, hypothetical question of after six months, what do they do? I guess would if they're still disabled, they would be looking into. SSDI, Social Security Disability Insurance. Yeah, and that's a, that's a that's something that we always advocate for starting right away. You know, just to get the the ball in motion in case there is some sort of supplemental disability. That that's how we usually look at it because obviously our clients are all super well protected with their own individual disability insurance plans. So the twelve hundred bucks a month or whatever that you're going to get out of Social Security disability is always supplemental in our eyes and that's only if you're paying into right is that that's only available to w-2 employees uh no no everybody pays social security taxes i should say everybody government employees actually don't which is kind of interesting so they they rely and that's that's one of the things that i think kind of gets lost in the pension debates you know that Mm -hmm. you know a lot of our clients are all very fiscally minded people um, conserve fiscal conservatives, if you will. And so that, you know, there's a lot of railing against pensions and, you know, evil pensions and yeah, there's a lot of bloat there. I'm not going to take that away from people, but the, um, the issue is those people don't have social security. (laughs) So they do need something, you know, Mm -hmm. just to provide that longevity insurance essentially. But the, uh, but social security disability, um, is part of social security, the social security administration, and it's accessible before re- social security retirement age. So if you meet the qualifications for social security disability, which are significantly more challenging to, to meet that criteria compared to an individual disability policy, or even a group disability policy, in many cases, um, you know, you're generally looking at having to be permanently disabled for the mm-hmm. rest of your life. Um, to qualify for that, uh, at least 12 months, if not for the rest of your life, is, is kind of the, the filter that they're using to sort through who, eligibility. And so, you know, if you have cancer, what does that mean? Are you going to be disabled for the rest of your life? Right. I don't know. If you, if you have a back issue, is, does that mean you're going to be disabled the rest of your life or will a surgery fix it? Or, you know, will, you know, are you going to keep going? you know, through all the protocols there. Um, mental Very nuanced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Super nuanced. I mean, and, and so are many other disabilities. I mean, you can't necessarily answer those questions completely with an IDI policy, an individual disability policy either. Um, but you do stand a better chance because usually those definitions are based on your ability to do your job and right. not, you know, permanently it's, totally disabled for the rest of your life it's covering your income your potential income yeah yeah so but well, you you had a question about the vesting too i think uh, on the social security disability right that, so who yeah who is that, it available to you have to pay into the system for 10 years and that that might be lost on a lot of young people mm. I, don't, I don't think mm-hmm. you know most people in their 20s are really thinking about that because we know it's not unheard of for people you know before 30 to to experience a lifelong disability. So if you do fall into that category of social security disability, imagine, imagine being in that position where you're like, oh yeah, I've just, you know, had a, you know, a a traumatic brain injury and now I am totally disabled for the rest of my life. Um, But I got social security. 
we're good. And then you find out that there's a 10 year vesting period and you don't actually have that. That is terrifying to me. It's another case to get individual long-term disability when you're young. When you're young. Exactly. I mean, you know, we're broken record. Obviously we, we exclaim that from the mountaintops to our, to our advisors and, and agent force, but the, um, it's, there's a reason, right? I mean, you're never healthier than when you're 20 years old. Um, most of the time, I mean, I guess you can, (laughs) I mean, generally speaking, depends on what kind of 20 year old you are. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you, you aren't necessarily going to, uh, you're not, you're not going to be going to the doctor, um, less times in the future. I mean, you always have gone to the doctor as many times as you've gone at age 20, you're not going to go, it's not going to decrease the number, you know, the older you get. So the point being, you know, you're going to be generally speaking, the fittest in your life, you know, the, the wheels haven't really gotten loose or fallen off the bus at all. So we need to really kind of take advantage of that, of that health um, factor. And not to mention, it's so cheap. It's so cheap for people in right. their 20s. And, you know, most of these premiums you can lock in for your life on the individual mm-hmm. DI side, at least, um, you know, group disabilities, age banded. So you still get a ben- the benefit to, um, to come in there early um, and get that protection. It's just, it's such a no brainer. It's just, a, and oh, the one thing that I love about having this conversation with young people is like, well, you know, I'll just move in with my parents again that changes kind of on a dime. Like mm-hmm. I know so many people were that, you know, when I, when we first got in this business, I was 23 having these conversations with people They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I just moved back in with mom and dad, but you know, you reach 26, 27, 28, 29, that becomes more and more of a stretch. Um, yeah. You're married. You, you, you have a partner you live with, you have, lots of pets or you have kids and you can't just yeah. all move in with your parents. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe everybody's parents have a, a five bedroom house with acreage, but like that's uh, <laughs> probably not going to cover most people. So, you know, yeah. it, it makes sense to, to have your own plan and realize that this is the one type of insurance uh, when we're talking about the spectrum of like human value insurance, it's not like life insurance that that pays, you know, everybody after you're dead, pays your spouse and your family or whoever. Uh, It's not like health insurance that pays the doctor. It's not like auto insurance that pays the mechanic. It's not like, you know, you name it, homeowner's insurance, it pays the construction company. Like nobody's benefiting from these insurance. You're you're never the one benefiting from from these insurance products. It's always to pay somebody else. Disability Mm -hmm. is the one that pays you. Like that's- that's what it's all about is, is this income protection potential um, or for your potential income too. So that's, that's really the name of the game. And, and I think that it's okay to think about it like that, right? Like that selfish concept. Um, you know, we're always talking about protecting others and, you know, wanting to make sure people are taken care of. If we're in the 21st century, let's start talking about taking care of ourselves, right? This yeah. Is- self-care. I think it's hard for people to talk about maybe, and maybe that's a reason, especially with families where people are relying on you. You think about them um, and making sure they're set up, but I mean, that's what DI does that too. You're setting up your family to continue to be able to pay the mortgage and groceries and, and, you know, soccer camp and things. 
if you can't work and that's a really hard position to be in and you don't want to be feeling like you can't provide for your family too if you're if you can't do the things you love working whatever it is because of a disability you also don't want that over your head so true so true i mean oof that's a that's a tough one that's a really tough one i mean you're asked you you just end up asking so much from your community and and there's one there's one uh one guy in the di field who's kind of made a name about his speech and saying that he'll never ever let his kids have a bake sale in his name because mm. he's got di and that and mm-hmm. you think about like all the bake sales we've had fundraisers for people and things like that for families and oh you know, it's not really bake sales anymore. It's more like crowdfunding. Um, you know, how many of those campaigns we've seen for people who just need to, you know, have some sort of income source, maybe pay their bills somehow, or, you know, meet their deductibles. Like this is all stuff DI can solve if we are all on the same level. So yeah, that's the, that's it. And I think for those who qualify, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, Right. Definitely, you know, we'll save the bake sales for those people who really need it. And if you can qualify for DI um, and you can pay the monthly premiums, do do your personal responsibility, (laughs) I guess. Um, That's one of our it's one of our biggest values, I think. Yeah. uh, As a family. (laughs) Totally. Responsibility to each other as well. I mean, it's just kind of an extension of that personal responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. You can't take care of your family. You can't take care of yourself. It's not a fun position to be in probably for anybody who has to navigate those waters. Um, all right. Not to leave it okay. on that downer, but I think yeah, well. kind of beat this topic <laughs> into submission. Uh, so, yeah. all right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions about disability, you know how to find us. Um, M, thank you for being here. Um, yeah. Let's do it See again you next soon. time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.